Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm podcast where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of the Deal Farm, we get to chat with Eudania Burrell, one of the most inspiring interviews we've done to date. Eudania works a full-time job and shares with us how she's managed to do over 40 deals in the last three years. Stick around. Oh, it's a wonderful Wednesday. Ken, how you doing today? Oh, man, I couldn't be better. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm really, I'm actually relieved. I was a little worried that you might not be doing fantastic today. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you just relieved yourself having this I, conversation. I, I am. I'm quite relieved <laughs> and quite satisfied for that. <laughs> oh, the only thing I'm not happy about right now, Kevin, is the fact that it's 30 some degrees in Atlanta and it's not even December yet. That's a bad yeah. start. It's it's frigid cold and coming off of Thanksgiving, I feel a little bit of extra insulation right now, actually. <laughs> You're extra warm. I'm a little warmer than normal coming out of Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a little poofier than I was about two weeks ago. Yeah. Hey, I you, I think you posted something. You did the uh, green egg again this year for the, for the oh, turkey? Oh, man. I freaking nailed it, too. Did Every you? year, it's like you learn something, you tweak something. You, and then, like, this year, I think, was the first year I feel like I put it all together and then just knocked it out of the park. It was it was the perfect turkey. I'm not going to lie. The perfect turkey. So you did the basting right ahead of time. Did you soak it? Um, it's That's not basting. It is a brine. It oh, was it's a, a brine. Salt, saltwater brine. Yeah, and I did that for um, about a day and a half. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, put it on the egg. But you got to rub it. You know, so you put a nice juicy, yep. you got to pat it dry, put a nice juicy rub on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, had the egg temperature just right, you know, got a little crispy first and I got to drop the temperature. And then I kind of like right now, I like finishing the turkey in one of those like turkey oven things. So I'll actually take it off the egg for like the last 30 minutes to an hour, let it cool off, do its thing. And and it's still, you still got all the good smoky flavors going, still locked it in. Man, I just nailed it. That's all there is so, to it. So you actually do a smoking too, right? It's getting that smoky flavor as well. Yeah, yeah. I had mes- actually had some mesquite barbecue chips yeah. left over and had those suckers just injected smoke all through it. Yeah, I nailed it. I'm not going to lie. Some it's years, you know, were questionable. This year was not one of those years. That That's amazing. I, I went to Fresh Market and, and got a turkey. It was fantastic. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Pre-cooked. No love. There was no love in that turkey. Oh, Fresh Market loved me up, man. I paid good money for that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What, With a one-year-old like, and a three-year-old, they were like, this is amazing, Dad. Well, here's the reality. They, like, the kids, they don't care about the turkey. The no. kids, It's all about the size. Everybody knows that Thanksgiving these days is about the size. You sort of eat the turkey. A lot of people out of obligation like, okay, I'll have a little turkey. Then it's really, what did everybody make for the side? So just give me yeah. your number one side. What was the number one side this year? This year, number one side was, pro- you know, honestly, this year was probably the sweet potatoes. Did Ooh. something new with the sweet potato casserole, and yeah. uh, it was phenomenal. It's probably the best we've ever had. How about you? And that's almost like dessert, too. If you like you do it right, it's you might as well just add that to the dessert table. And it was. Um, I think this year for me, it's the good old trusty dusty standby, which is the corn casserole. Oh, yeah. I love which, the corn casserole. Which I think you actually brought that to the family. I don't know how many years ago, right? So back in 1990, I went to an Auburn football game with my friend, Bruce. Bruce and I went 
stayed at his house down in Columbus and went to see the Auburn. And actually, Georgia, it was the 100th anniversary of the Georgia-Auburn game. Georgia won last second. It was amazing. And when I was at his folks' house, his mom made this corn casserole for our dinner. One Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just fall. It was just wow. and it, it was and you can imagine me, a 20 some odd year old college kid being like, this is amazing. Can I get the recipe? How many 21, two year olds are like, can I get the recipe and take it home? And I did. I was like, it was so good. Brought that home to mom. And was like, you got to make this mom. You got to make this. And she made it for uh, uh, for Thanksgiving that year. And we've had it every year since. It it's is a never, family tradition. It's never come off the menu since. It is a no. it's a winner, man. The kids love it. The adults yeah. love it. Oh, it's amazing. Our goats love it. The chickens love it. Now, the Everybody funny thing, loves it. We made it a few weeks ago. Uh, we had a, a a brunch party here at the house for a bunch of our friends. And the thought was, oh, how you know, it's sort of fallish. Let's let's do the corn casserole and we'll do it like in muffins. And so we did it for the party. It was a huge hit. But it scratched the itch. It was like, mm. I'm, I'm good for the year. And so we got to Thanksgiving. It was like, I don't eat corn cancer. I just had it like two weeks ago. It's it's not an every week sort of dish. It's uh, you no. pull it out once a year. So Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Your corn casserole out. Yeah, I didn't do it. I was, I was good. The itch was yeah, scratched. Yeah. You know, checked it off the list. We were good for a while. Yeah, that's all right. There's plenty of other things to I include. Will say, I, I did just have a turkey sandwich for lunch today. Oh my I did, gosh. I, we're still working it over right now. I'm I'm no exaggeration. At least six to seven meals post Thanksgiving have included leftover turkey so far. And oh, we've yeah. still got more, believe it or not. It was a massive turkey. It was probably too big. Well, when it's that phenomenal, you know, you just want the goodness to last as long as you can. You know, I'll tell you what uh what we've started doing too at the at the end of uh, Thanksgiving is I take all the bones mm-hmm. and like all the bits and the parts that didn't get used. And yep. even if there's a little bit of meat on the bone and I put it in her pressure cooker mm-hmm. and I make the most insane uh, bone broth. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, where I am. Literally, it just comes out and it's just like the oiliest looking slick you've ever seen. And then even in the fridge, you pull it out the next day and it might as well just be straight up jello. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. that much collagen and goodness, which is supposedly it's like really, really good for you. Oh, bone broth is fantastic. I, absolutely. I, I am a fan and a believer in bone broth. Yeah. I really, it's yeah, not regular broth. Of, bone broth it's man, not. is a, it's a different beast. It's a different, it's two different things. Well, so we made like turkey noodle soup with the bone broth. It was just, oh my, oh my gosh, insane. That, yeah. It's almost added like five years. I added five years to your life right there. Just that. I think so. I think so, man. All the uh, connective tissues in my body right now of, with all that thinking. gelatin and whatever else is in there collagen mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's good, good stuff. stuff it's really bone good broth stuff. is really really good stuff for you it really is hey speaking of good stuff today's podcast i think is chock full of good stuff yeah i i really i'm inspired not only by your egg cooking goodness of the turkey but i'm inspired about the story we're about to hear and this particular person out of charlotte north carolina Totally non-assuming. Had never met her before, before the podcast. Didn't really know anything about her. And it might be one of my favorite interviews to date. She yeah. was, man, she was lovely. Just um, yeah. that was so inspiring. So applicable because we work with so many new franchisees that you know need to hear these inspiring stories. And working full-time, still working full-time, knocking down 40 deals in three years. Just, I mean, hustling putting in the in the work just determination grit consistency all these themes come out in this interview and uh to me she's just an inspiration i don't know what you thought 
I, 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 yeah, I totally agree. You know, and for, for our listeners, you know, a lot of you have thought about getting into real estate. You've listened to the podcast and read the books and subscribed to the, and then here's a person she's doing it. Like she got off the sideline and she's doing it. She's making it happen. And uh, I was, I'm just so encouraged by the, by the talk we had with her today. I say we, um we play the, the interview. What do you think? Let's bring her in. So you, Daniel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ken and Kevin, for having me today. I'm so happy to be here. Great to have you here. We are really looking forward to hearing your story. Oh, awesome. I look forward to telling it. <laughs> well, you have such an, a very cool, inspiring story, because I know that there are so many people that listen to this podcast, because uh, we talk to them in our franchise on a daily basis, folks that are working yeah. a W-2, 9 to 5 job and want to find a way to get into real estate. And so many times they think they have to quit their job to do that. And I think you're the perfect case study on why you don't necessarily have to quit a job and you can be very successful in real estate investing with the full-time job. So I know you haven't been in real estate too long and I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe just give us the quick background. You know, what have you been doing? What's been your career path and how did you make that entry into real estate? Oh, absolutely. So, um, I currently work for the Department of Homeland Security, and I've been with them for next month will be 21 years. And so when the world shut down, and I'm going to give you a quick version of all of this. When the world shut down in 2020, March of 2020, my home flooded and my job literally stopped. And Mm -hmm. what I learned in that time is people need something to do. They need something to love and they need something to hope for. And I had always wanted to get into real estate and real estate gave me all of that. And so, you know, originally what felt like, like I told you earlier, Ken, felt like a threefold tsunami. It wound up being the perfect storm for me to jump into real estate. And I had been seeing a lot of advertisements about connected investors, hearing Ross, what would $5,000 do for you and your family? What would $10,000 do for you and your family as a micro flipper? And, you know, it was a no brainer for me to jump in. I got um, the platform and I started utilizing it. I started learning. I started watching the webinars. I found a mentor who had been doing it uh, a few years prior to me to help me cut down on the learning curve. And about three months in, I closed on my first three deals and I haven't looked back. I've been closing on deals ever since. And I've been doing this full with a full time job. And um, about a year or so after um, closing on those deals, I won Connected Investor of the Year. And um, I, from there, a year, about a year ago, uh, Connected Investors called me and asked if I would become one of their coaches and help mentor others um, Mm -hmm. into the success that I found. That's amazing. It's been a very rewarding journey. And I'm so grateful, not only for connecting investors, real estate as a whole, because, you know, we all know real estate is the number one vehicle that creates more wealth than any other vehicles. Mm -hmm. I just had to find the right resources and become the right investor. Clarify for us, are you still with Homeland Security as well? Or at some point, did you make real estate full time? (laughs) Yes, I am. Actually, um, next month, I'll be celebrating 21 years. So you're still doing that full time and you've got a real estate business that's just cranking. That you better believe it. <laughs> it's all it's all in how you maximize your time. And right. so I am very strategic in how I manage everything. Uh, you know, my girls usually they 
they have a running joke. Mom, you're so funny about time because it's, you know, everything has to be very strategic um, in my planning. And that's why I've been able to do what it is I do. You know, I'm willing to give up that two hour movie or possibly that date night if it's going to bring me in dollars $30,000. Mm -hmm. I don't mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so I'm curious how many hours a week would you say you put in between your full-time job and, and your uh, investing business? Mm, maybe about 70. Okay. All right. Yeah. So evenings, I'm assuming you come home yeah, and, and I, you start working in the evening. I do evenings and I do in between time as well. So okay. when I have some downtime, even at my job, mm -hmm. I'm maximizing those hours. I'm using them and putting them to use. And so there's not a minute during my day that I, you know, of course I need some downtime for myself. Sure. Um, and I'm very big on um, self-care as well. Yep. And so, you know, it, it's just very important to align my routines to match my goals. Yep. yep. I've been able to do that. Well, and this is something that's life-giving to you. It's something that inspires you, something that's exciting. It probably doesn't even feel like work some of the time, especially early on. It yeah. was probably just so exciting, right? <laughs> and you referenced your girls. This is becoming a family thing too. You see yourself yes, them into this? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so real quickly, um, yeah, I have um, three daughters and about 18 months ago, my youngest joined the team. Um, she is, um, great at, um, organizing. And so she organizes my schedule, makes sure I'm, I'm on point with, um, reaching out to who I need to reach out to my acquisitions part. Um, my middle joined us about eight months ago and she handles all social media with our affiliates. And my oldest just joined about I want to say about maybe five months ago, and now she handles marketing. And last week, I'm happy to say we just, um, my son-in-law just joined us, and he's wow. the tech. Oh, you got a man. team. You got a family got a team. team. That's, that's a that's right. a family business you've got. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, um, this has literally changed the trajectory of my entire family's life. And so I'm able to um, not only help, help my children and pass on something to them, um, but I'm also able to help my parents who are on fixed incomes. And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to be able to do that for them today. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious early on for you, you know, you got in and you started, you know, probably pulling some leads and then marketing yeah. to those leads and going on appointments. I'm curious. What have you found in the Charlotte market, you know, in, the, in North Carolina that's worked for you? What's sort of been your niche? So initially I started out with the vacant absentee owners. Um, love those because it seemed like there was less emotional attachment um, to those properties and I could easily get those under contract and be able to assign those. Um, but what we've moved into are the subject to. Mm -hmm. I like to take over the, you know, assume, not assume, mm -hmm. but subject to taking over someone's mortgage, someone who can no longer afford that debt or um, is ill, whatever the circumstances are. So we love that strategy. And, um, and of course, pre-foreclosures. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, as a matter of fact, we did some door knocking this past weekend because there were several in our backyard. And I want to find a way to help people 
Now, I may not be able to save their home, but I can save them from um, foreclosure. I myself Mm -hmm. have experienced foreclosure back in 2008, and -hmm. I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be a lifeline for um, this part of the population. Right, right. Well, that's fantastic. So, you know, sub two is one of those areas I feel like in real estate that you know, everybody knows about, but only a handful of people ever actually do. I mean, I think I've done one or two out of a thousand houses. It's never, but I know that, you know, you go into your database of leads over the last several years, you probably got 10 to 20 sub two deals in there if you knew how to work. Oh, properly, right? my goodness. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, we were talking earlier and, I, you know, I let you guys know I, I've closed on 40, but I've had like 67, maybe 70 mm-hmm. deals under contract, but I went in with the mindset of wholesaling it. And so when the deal did not work out, I let those contracts go, unfortunately. Mm. Knowing what I know today, I'm definitely moving in the direction of sub two, seller financing or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, was that your entry point was wholesaling? Is that really where you yes, got your stuff? Yes, yes. And so, and, and what wholesaling has allowed me to do was build capital to be able to put down on properties. I, I just bought one in South Carolina cash. And so I, I love the fact that wholesaling helps me to build capital in order to buy assets that are going to give me a reward on my, excuse me, a return on my investment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wholesaling. Yeah, it great sounds like you got just, buying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's a great way. Wholesaling is a great way to start like, oh for, for the goodness. exact reason that you say. And this is what we tell a lot of our franchisees that come into our system: is you build up your capital, get some experience, get your legs under you, learn the market, and then once you've got some, you know, some experience and some money behind you, then you pull the trigger on an ice. Venture into other areas. That's exactly it. And, you know, I I thought the next stage of evolution for me would be, you know, I I felt like I needed to follow this chart where I would wholesale, then I would fix and flip, then I would buy and hold. But it's been, I I have done all of it now and I'm doing all of it and I'm finding that I can do all of it. I don't have to stick to just one strategy. For me today, the deal is going to dictate the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we tell our franchisees the same thing. Once you, you don't graduate past wholesaling and leave right. it behind because now you're doing fix and flips and buying holds. It's like, no, yeah, you do 500 deals. You're still wholesaling is still a, a tool in your tool. On the table. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Cause you don't want to buy everything necessarily, but you want to monetize everything. You want to make as much money That's as you can right. on every deal that you, you look at, <laughs> but you don't want to own everything. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I'm just curious, you know, you're obviously on a pretty interesting trajectory. Where do you see yourself going in the next one, two, five years? Do you see yourself keeping the job? Are you going to scale to a point now where you got to go full time into this? So, you know, I'm strategically planning my retirement with my job as well. And so I know at some point it has to it has to end. Um, Maybe another two years I'm putting in. Um, where I will ensure a wonderful pension package for myself. Mm-hmm. And from there, continue to build the business so that I can continue to pass off these batons, delegate these different um, positions or uh, um, uh, jobs, so to speak, mm-hmm. to not only my girls, we're, we're talking about my niece, my, we truly want to make it a family business. 
And so be able to, you know, sit back a little bit, get a few buy and holes and be able to sit back and watch them do the work. Because I remember how exciting it was initially getting started. I felt like a success long before I got my first deal. Why? Wow. Because I was doing the work day in and day out. And it felt like success. And I knew it was right around the corner. And I watched the excitement with my own family now, um, seeing them learn the business. And so maybe five years from now, um, I want to be more hands off, uh, maybe just handling a lot of the, you know, maybe some of the um, closings, so to speak. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the mindset though, right out of the gates, you know, for somebody that's never been an entrepreneur before and they've, you know, kind of worked the W2 job, which is most of the population. That's right. Getting your mind right. Like that. It's going to take a minute. I got to grind for a little while, but I know that success is around the corner. That is such a healthy yeah. mindset because it's easy to get discouraged in this business, right? Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, motivation will get you started, but it's consistency that will keep you going. 100%. And so no matter what, you know that this work has to be done. So it doesn't matter if I'm motivated or not. Yeah. I know I have to have the fortitude to push forward through any challenges because yeah. that's what's going to take me to the next level. That's right. And yeah. so, you know, so long as I've kept that mindset um, I've been able to push through all challenges. Now, do I need to step back from time to time? Absolutely. I know when I need to just take a break. <laughs> right. But the beauty is real estate is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. So I can take that break when I need to. I can step off to the side when I need to and then get right back in. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. I love that analogy. It is absolutely a marathon. And especially when you're getting started to have that perspective, because yeah. it takes a minute to build a pipeline and to start nurturing leads before you even start, before you pop that first one. And I think, what did you say? Three months to get that first one under your belt? Three months, three yeah. months. Yeah. And I was, I was making cold calls. I was sending out postcards. Ken, Kevin, I was so motivated. I would go to Dollar Tree. I would buy these, the large colorful poster boards. And I don't know if you can see, and I keep this as a reminder to yeah. myself, to my students, how motivated I was. I was cutting up these poster boards and I was writing um, postcards. Oh, every wow. day, every moment wow. I had available, I was writing them. I had a lot of investor friends laugh at me. They thought it was funny. Um, but these yielded my first three deals and so on. Three um, deals. I, say again. Three deals, not just your first deal, That's your right. first three deals. Three in one. And so I hit the jackpot. Um, and I continued doing this for the next 18 months by myself. And my daughter, my youngest, noticed what I was doing. And she says, you know, mom, I can do this better for you. I said, oh, really? Here you go. And she did. She opened up a, a whole new avenue for us um, to, you know, get more deals. Unbelievable. So <laughs> just that. to clarify, your first deal, was it an investor that happened to have three houses? No, it wasn't an investor. It was a family and they were tired. Um, they wanted to buy a beach home. They wanted to downsize. And so they were looking, these properties were vacant. He lived in another town. He was tired of coming, um, keeping up with the upkeep of the homes and they were deteriorating, you know, and this was an area everyone kept telling me to stay out of. Don't go over there. You know, nobody's investing in there. Boy, I got those first three deals under contract and 
I had no problem finding a buyer. Found a mm-hmm. buyer. He bought all three. He even bought my four, my next one. Wow. Uh, when I got that one, the next town over, and so um, and we've done some other work together as well. And so I just kept on that trajectory, and success has continued to follow me all the way. <laughs> well, you put in the work, and you reap yeah. the rewards. That's really what it, I think. That's sort of the theme of this conversation: is you put in the time, you keep the right mindset, and you will reap the rewards. And that, I think that's so that. important for so many new investors who are starting out, not to get discouraged, to stay at it, put in the time, put in the hours, and you will you will see fruit on the at the end of the day. That's exactly right. And you know, there's something called right think. And I know I'm not quoting it verbatim. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but something to the effect where, you know, we find the right vehicle. Well, we know real estate is the right vehicle. We find the right resources. Whatever resources resonate for you, for me, it's connected investors. Mm -hmm. And then we become the right type of investor. And so it does take a certain amount of um, mindset training and keeping up with that and knowing that there are going to be those highs and those lows along the way. But if you will find the fortitude within yourself to push through that, like you said, success is right around the corner. So I love that you were, <laughs> and for our listeners, they can't see, she's got these great colorful uh, cards. It looks like uh, that you took a poster board and cut it into poster, you know, postcard size and I hand wrote and you're even using colorful ink. I, lo- I love that. Yes. <laughs> How long? I mean, you did this for three months before you landed your first deal. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, week four, week eight, you know, week 10. At what point did people start responding where you, you felt like, okay, at least people are, are getting these and you're talking to people. Did, did that take longer or was it? Well, let me let me back up just a little bit, because the reality is I actually got my first three deals under contract in May of 2020. So it was actually a month in. It just took a month. Yeah. However, that um, seller pulled out the very next day. So I don't always talk about that story, but I will talk about it today. Mm-hmm. So he pulled out and I called my mentor and I said, isn't this a legal binding contract? Doesn't he have to stick to it? He said, yes, Dana, but how much time, energy and effort is it going to take, maybe even money to hold him to those contracts? So I called him back and I says, listen, whatever's going on in your life, because he was going through a bad divorce, felt like he had made a bad decision, whatever's going on, I pray that you will find the resolve that you're looking for. And if you're ever interested in selling any of these properties, please give me a call back. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I let go of those contracts. And in November of the same year, he says, hey, he gives me a call. He says, Dana, are you still buying houses? Absolutely. He said, I need to close on one of them real quickly. And um, we closed on his first property in two weeks time. A few months later, he called me about another one. And and so, uh, so it was actually a month in that I got those first three deals. They were resonating. They were hitting with people Mm -hmm. um, just a couple of months in, you know, I've had people call me and say, Hey, Dana, you know, I wasn't even thinking of selling until I got your bright, sunshiny postcard in the mail today. (laughs) Wow. I knew I I was onto something and, um, the beautiful thing is a company, Print Genie, has recreated my postcards for me so <laughs> that my students can have Dana's postcards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the postcards that you were cutting out of poster board and handwriting. Yes. Yes. 
Wow. They have been recreated That's called amazing. Dana's Postcards. Dana's postcards. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Man, what an inspiring story to go from, you know, really in the middle of the pandemic, having yeah. a flooded basement, working a full-time job to just pure dedication to the, I'm going to make this work. And here you are, you said 40 deals later. Yeah. 40 and deals you- later, um, working with other investors, jumping into fix and flips, the buy in the holes. Um, my, not only, you know, we have four currencies and that's money, time, resources, and network. And mm-hmm. so I am rich in every area today. And it all started with wholesaling, with getting plugged in, with connected investors, allowing myself to get uncomfortable, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's so funny. And I know the view, they can't see this, but when I started, I would, I I keep a mirror right near me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I started, I was fumbling and bumbling all over the place. Um, But I was willing to allow myself to fail forward. Mm -hmm. And I would laugh at myself when I messed up because I knew the, you know, the world is going to give us enough strife and beat us down for what we did or what we didn't do. And I myself was not going to be a willing participant in that. So I was Mm going to have fun with it. I was going to laugh at myself. I was going to, again, allow myself to fail forward. Well, that's a great word, too, because I, I can remember early on. I'm in my 20s. This is 2005. Yeah. And you're just you're so intimidated because you know that you don't know. Right. There's right. so many things that you just feel like you're faking it a little bit. You're yeah. faking it. Till you may, and But the fact that you are like, you know what? It's OK if I screw up, if I say the wrong thing, if I look like a ding dong for a minute, it's OK because I'm learning in this process. That's right. And that's the, right. That's so cool. I'm learning there. I, I'm, and I'm getting better. Yes. I'm getting better with every conversation that I have. I'm getting better and yeah. I'm building rapport. I'm building my network. So every time, you know, there are times I still get nervous. You know, I, I'm with connected investors. I have to speak at events every three months and I'm always nervous. But I know my story is helping someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I don't even know the far rippling effects it has. on someone. And so I choose to continue to allow myself to be in those uncomfortable spaces because I know I'm growing and I'm helping other people. When you talk about impact, I mean, you're having generational impact. I mean, you've changed the trajectory of your family's life, you know, for your kids, (laughs) like they're, they're seeing something in you and participating with you in such a way that change the rest of their lives. I mean, you'll be a part of your grandkids story, your great grandkids, grandkids yeah. story. You're a fork in the road for these folks, which is really powerful. Yeah. Thank Love you. It. Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I do have grandsons as well. And so it, it's, it is a beautiful thing because they know when Gigi and I'm affectionately known as Gigi. And so they know when Gigi is on the line, she's doing real estate or she's talking to someone about real estate and they already understand that. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to bring them into the fold. Um, they're, they're too young now, um, but everybody is paying attention. And that's exactly what I wanted for myself. Um, I didn't want, you know, when I stepped into real estate, a part of my um, thinking was I didn't want anyone to dictate how much money I made, when I made it or how I made it, because, you know, there was a certain amount of fear in jumping into real estate because of my job stopping. And so I had to look at everything and say, 
this is it. We're going to make this happen no matter what. And now I'm able to bring that, like you said, to the whole family mm. and have changed the whole trajectory. Absolutely. Well, uh, I would love for you maybe just to speak for just a second to that and that that potential investor, that person that's working the nine to five, they're driving in their car, they're listening to the podcast and they want to be in real estate. They want to be an investor. What what words of advice would you give them? Get off the fence. Um, stop sitting on the sidelines of your life. Yes, you can continue to learn, but there has to be action taken. You have to take action. And yes, it feels scary and it feels uncomfortable, but that, that is the only way you're going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so with anything you endeavor to do, there's a certain skill, you know, skill set you have to attain. You have to get around those learning curves, but it's action that will get you there. Mm -hmm. And remember what I said earlier, motivation will get you started, but it's consistency that will keep you going. Perfect. Perfect. Now, if somebody's out there wants to connect with you, maybe on social media, maybe on a website, where would you point them to? So Renew Me Properties is my website. And then um, all my social media handles, Eudania Burrell or Renew Me Properties. Um, you can also email email me at dsimpleinvest at gmail.com. And I have a wealth of information that I send out to those who connect with me and um, about coaching, about um something I'm working on with Ross, which is saving homes. Um, we'll be starting on that in the beginning of the year. And so uh, that's a, going to be a patch and project because we're going to be helping um, single mothers um, with children, saving them from foreclosure. Yep. And so, yeah, um, those are some of the places you, and of course, LinkedIn, you, Daniel Burrell, all of it. Gotcha. You know, it's funny. It, it's sort of timely that I just had Ross on and he talked about the, that same, Nonprofit saving houses. I, I love the cause. It's so it, it's so pertinent right now too with the interest rate it environment is. we're on and the weird economy we're in. It makes so much sense to be putting time and effort and very creative effort into saving homes too. I think it's a really cool program you guys have put together. So uh, awesome, guys. Well, you, Dania, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This was fantastic, folks. You know how to connect with her. Um, look forward to talking to you again. All righty. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you all having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Man, was that good or what? And, uh, you know, I really hope this is one of our best listened to podcasts because really just inspiring, encouraging, love her story and what she shared with us today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember being a nine to five guy, you know, trying to do little side hustles on this. And I had some little side businesses here and there. We flipped some cars and we sold some internet stuff. And But like to do 40 deals in three years, mm -hmm. On this side, working a full-time job, it's unbelievable. She's her, putting in the time. Well, for her to, I mean, I wish our listeners could have seen it, but for her, I mean, she's got these cards. It clearly was, you know, the, the fluorescent yellow cardstock, you know, poster board that she cut into postcards with some colored ink, wrote a hand, wrote out those to send. And it worked. It, it worked. worked. And, you know, week after week after week, just sending out handwritten postcards and it worked. Yep. And she just yep. made it happen. Yep. And here she is three years down the road. And now she's coaching other people. Other people are using her postcard. I mean, that's a very short runway to go from nothing to 40 deals. And now you're a coach. I think wow. that's pretty amazing. While she still has a full-time job. While she still, still works with a full-time full job. job. And amazing. now she's brought her kids into the business. She's teaching them. She's 
truly already starting to build quite the legacy for herself. I'm gonna tell for you guys that are listening today, you can do this. Like yep. this, you can do this. You absolutely can. She's a great example of someone who just went out and made it happen. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Super excited to put it out there. I think people are gonna respond well to it. Kevin, next week I want to hear about the additional turkey dishes you've continued to eat over the two weeks post Thanksgiving. Well, you know, between you and me, I think I'm gonna go make some bone broth. That that inspired me. I've got the carcass in the fridge. It's time to make a little bone. Yep, it's still there. I hadn't picked over it. And so I'm going to make a little bone broth today. You're welcome for that. Yeah. No, it's going to change my life. Good for the gut. That's right. Uh, All right, man. I think, I don't know. You want to do this again next week? Let's do it again. Put it on the calendar. Let's get a guest in here. All right. Sounds like a plan. See you, buddy. See ya. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Hey friends, just a final thought before you check out. You know, so many of us are going 100 miles an hour through life. We're weighed down by stress or worry or even that haunting feeling of emptiness. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've actually put together a quick resource at faithcrossroad.com where I share just a little bit about the faith that gives me hope and purpose and identity. And I'd love to share it with you. Again, faithcrossroad.com.